Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching the Tesla Q4 2023 earnings call next on In-Depth. So Tesla just released its earnings with its EPS. Uh, take a look at this. We're going to talk about it in the show because you're going to be like, what? And that's what we were like, too. Tesla delivered a total of 484,507 EVs in the fourth quarter of 2023, posting a record year of vehicle sales in 2023. So with many growth points anticipated to its business, such as the newly rolled out Cybertruck and the currently delivering semi-truck, and with much anticipated projected to come, such as Tesla Roadsters, the remodeling of the Model Y, the Optimus humanoid robot, the level five driving capability, which allows Teslas to commercialize via an autonomous Tesla vehicle fleet, all of these projects allow new potential growth in Tesla's future earnings, which pushes the stock price up. A great way to own Tesla stock and to capture its upcoming potential growth is through the stock trading app Moomoo, the sponsor of today's episode. So Moomoo currently offers 5.1% APY plus 3% APY bonus interest on your uninvested cash. That's a great risk-free savings idea if you currently have any excess capital that you'd like to make the best use of. At Moomoo, it's easy to track financial results and track earnings data. So with its comprehensive financial charts like we just showed you and also tools to keep track of live earnings calls, book to your calendar, listen live and get quick summary after the call, Moomoo is a great tool and offers zero commission fee trading and is FINRA regulated and a member of SIPC, which means your account is safe and protected and guaranteed for up to $500,000 per account. As a special offer for this channel, if you sign up and deposit now, you can get up to 15 stocks, including 5.1% interest on your uninvested savings. But this offer ends soon, so be sure to act quickly. And thanks to Moomoo again for sponsoring this episode. All right, so let's get into it. Okay, the thing that I always like to look at is the gap net income. So let's just take a look at that on the chart. Oh, what the heck is... Whoa, what happened? This is the best quarter ever. This is the best quarter by a long shot. Holy smokes. It is. Do you see what is up with this? $7.9 billion. I thought I had misread it. Uh, and so I looked through their letter and yes, it is. I mean, their best gap net income quarter prior to this was Q4 2022 at $3.6 billion. So did they sell a lot more cars? Uh, no, because take a look at Q4 revenue. It was a record quarter at $25.17 billion, but that's just, uh, you know, in line with what we kind of expected. It doesn't seem to have jumped up a hell of a lot. Yeah, right? so, so in fact, let's take a look at this chart here from MainStreetData.com. And I just remember we used to show hypercharts a lot. Yeah. Uh, this is basically the offshoot of hypercharts. I love this new service. Um, I would recommend you guys go check it out. It's free to check out. If you want to subscribe, you can use our link and get a percentage off your subscription. So check it out for free. Subscribe if you want to. What I love about it is the visuals. What we're seeing here is revenue over quarters, and it's you would expect from what we just saw in net income that that revenue number should be extremely high. It's not. Okay. So did they rob a bank or something? Like what? Almost. Almost. Okay. So here's what they said. It's not going to make a whole lot of sense because uh, even accountants are probably going to have trouble with this, but this is what they said. This was because of a one-time non-cash tax benefit of $5.9 billion recorded in Q4 for the release of valuation allowance on certain deferred tax assets. Oh, what? <laughs> what the hell does that mean? You know how uh, Americans fill out this W-4 form and it tells the government how much you'd like to take in exemptions and, and you know, so that they know how much to take out of your paycheck every week? 
Right. Okay. And you can either be conservative and have them take a lot out and then you'll get a bigger refund at the end of the year, or you can have them take out very little and then you'll probably owe them taxes at the end of the year. And kind yes. of different people have different philosophies on how they'd like to do it. Right. And so you could say like, oh, I'm a single filer and I, I'm not disabled and and I'm just a, a normal person. And they're like, okay, so we're going to take out a lot because you're going to owe a lot in taxes. Or you could be like, I only have one leg and I'm blind right. and I have 40 children and I'm... I'm disabled. Well, and actually on that form, you can actually ask them to take out more. Okay. And so people do that sometimes because they'd rather get a refund than have to come up with the cash at the end of the year. Okay. What I think happened was that in some kind of accounting world, uh, Tesla decided to be super conservative for either the whole year or maybe many years, in which case they overpaid into an account the amount of taxes they thought they're going to have to pay. And then it turned out that they didn't have to pay them. To the tune of $5.9 billion? Yeah, it throws off a lot of things. So, I mean, as we just showed you that Moomoo chart, if you're going along tomorrow and you're opening up your charts and you're looking at your earnings per share, all of a sudden it looks like Tesla had this amazing income, which they did technically, but it wasn't because they sold more cars or installed more solar. It was because of an accounting change. Glitch? I mean, later in the call, they talked about it again, but they almost repeated this verbatim. So I feel like they were kind of told you can't really say anything other than this. I don't know. If you know more than I do, please let me know. Please Maybe it'll come out. Please tell me, because what every other chart, every other pe every other metric looks normal. OK, it's for just Tesla. For, Tesla. For, for Tesla that this is just the the one wacky thing. So now that that's out of the way, let's kind of get into the analysis of this quarter. Yeah. So, I mean, let's look at cash. We talk about this a lot. Quarter and cash and cash equivalents uh, increased by three billion dollars, which is fantastic. Look at this chart again from Main Street data. And you see that they're now at twenty nine point one billion dollars in cash and equivalents in Q4. And that was driven by free cash flow of two point one billion and financial activities of point. 9 billion. And if you're looking at that red chart line there, which is working capital, that's what happens when you take all of your cash in the bank minus all your liabilities. Okay. So if I was like, oh, I have um, $10,000 in the bank, but I have $7,000 in loans, my working capital would be $3,000. There you go. And so with a lot of companies, you might have a positive cash in the bank, but actually negative working capital. In the case of Tesla, they've been so good at this. I mean, even after they, they said that next year, they're going to spend, what, uh, $10 billion on factories and stuff. So unbelievable. <laughs> Not even going to hurt because they got that cash in the bank. So Elon, of course, opened up with some highlights, talked about the 1.8 million vehicles delivered in 2023. The fact that Fremont uh, made 560,000 cars. And he wanted to point out, he's very proud of this, that that would be a record at any plant in North America. Like no it other is the record. No other car company in America has a plant that makes more cars than that. And he was like, this would have been just a derelict auto plant and all of Fremont would probably be like a I don't know. <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but yeah. 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 Uh, and in fact he said now they've enriched the community. And he said it's really a gem. He pointed out, for those who don't know, that the Model Y is the best-selling vehicle in the world, selling 1.2 million cars globally. That means we're not comparing that to other EVs. That's compared to any other car. Honda Civics, Corollas. Toyota Corollas, exactly. That's, I mean, that's amazing. He pointed out that energy storage, they had uh, installed almost 15 gigawatt hours. That's versus 6.5 gigawatt hours the year before. And he said, we'll continue to see strong growth. 
Then he looked forward to 2024. He says that there's lots to look forward to, but he said that they are in between two big growth waves. And if you Is take- Is this a surfing analogy? If you- t- <laughs> Yo, dude, we're like in between the waves. Um, and we are. If you zoom out on a Tesla- uh, stock chart, and I mean way out, go to five, go to 10 years, you'll see a really big growth wave that happened right around 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, insane growth, right? And then we're kind of in a little bit of a, we're in a little bit of a lull, dude. What he's saying is that right now we're in the middle of two growth waves, which means that there is another one coming, another growth wave coming. So get your surfboard, dude, and get out there. Um, That's kind of what he was uh, that what he's hinting at. This means that what he's basically saying is, you know, this quarter isn't anything uh, stellar, um, but going forward, he's expecting there to be a lot more. Really good point. He talked about FSD version 12, and I think a lot of people really don't know what that is or why it's a big deal, but it's a complete architectural rewrite, as he points out. And he later in the call talked about how it's such a big deal and even other car companies don't get it. We'll talk about that. He did say that all US FSD customers are going to be getting it in the weeks to come and it'll go out to about 400,000 vehicles. And he said something that's uh, one of those tricky things that it's an Elon-esque thing, right? Mm -hmm. He talked about that Tesla is the most efficient company in AI inference. What did he mean? Um, So he's saying basically that they're getting the most out of their hardware. Hardware three is several years old. Yeah, I mean, he said this is going to be a very important metric in the future because what you're trying to do is instead of building these way overpowered computers, like a lot of other auto manufacturers are putting computers in the trunk that take thousands of watts of energy to try and do what Elon's computers can do with like 100 watts of energy. And he talked about this a little bit later in the call. And again, I think that a lot of people miss out. The efficiency comes down to how well trained the computer is. A lot of companies, they say like, well, we know the rules of the road. And we'll just write down all the rules mm-hmm. and have the computer follow it. So the computer is sitting there with a with a checklist, you know, 40 billion lines long. It's going like uh, left tire. Is it over left lane? Oh, OK. Next is the right tire near the right line. OK, next. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of uh, computing power in order to go through that list quickly while you're driving in real time. So you need a monstrous computer, which uses a lot of energy versus Tesla, which is going to be doing this a hell of a lot more efficiently because it already knows how to drive. Elon is also really proud of the new Model 3 variant that just came out and it's available now globally. And he he said, if you haven't driven the new Model 3 lately, go try it because it's got a lot of improvements. And then he said they're very far along on their next gen vehicle. This is the, you know, $25,000, whatever you want to call it, Model 2. And he said it's going to be profound in the manufacturing realm, right? It's going to be far more advanced than any other manufacturing system in the world. And it's first going to come to Giga Texas. You might have remembered him saying it was going to come to Giga Mexico first. No, it's going to come to Giga Texas because he needs the engineers there. He said basically they're going to be sleeping on the line as they work on it. And he's really proud of it. And he said it could come as soon as next year. And he again stated that he sees a path where Tesla could be the most valuable company in the world. And he said previously he would not have thought that. Hmm. It's an interesting thing to say that because, you know, if he was like, I've always thought that you're like, oh, so you're kind of a crazy guy because nobody could have ever foreseen that happening. Right. I just wanted to point out uh, here's a line item here for Model 3 and Model Y production that it's steadily growing. We can see 14 percent year over year growth. And solar deployed, kind of a negative thing. I just wanted to point out that it's been just getting worse and worse and worse. We're now down to 41 megawatts installed in the fourth quarter. And that's just been, I mean, it's just tanking. I don't know why. Uh, I guess it's either a low priority or they are focusing on energy storage instead. But I just, 
it's kind of sad to see. Mm. Uh, the CFO came on with a few words. The two things that stood out to me was they're going to spend $10 billion in capital expenditures this year. That's mm -hmm. an astounding amount of money. I mean, and it makes sense. If you watch the building of Giga Texas, if you know anything about construction and you watch, say, Joe Tegmeyer's videos, you're going to be just your head's going to fall off. Mm. The amount of work that gets done even on a Sunday there is incredible. The other thing he pointed out, which I think a lot of people don't know, and if you don't know this, it's good to know it. There's a point of sale tax credit you can get on the Model Y. That means that if you go online and you want to buy the Model Y, they, if you qualify, you'll get $7,500 taken off the sticker price. You don't have to file tax paperwork to get it. You don't have to wait till next year's taxes. That's going to make a big difference to a lot of people because I don't think a lot of people know about that yet. Yep. Oh, and by the way, he pointed out that 90% of their customers, over 90% of their customers in 2023, never owned a Tesla before. So we got a whole lot of new welcome Tesla owners <laughs> in the community. The CFO did bring up that the book tax rate will be more in line with other S&P 500 companies. They did an accounting change, and that's how they came up with this one-time $5.9 billion tax deferment. He did not explain what this accounting change was, it does not make sense to me. I mean, I want to say it's normal for companies to change how they do some kind of accounting and then there's a one-time thing and it's usually a million dollars or it's usually $2 million. To have it be $5.9 I just have no idea what, I mean, if you look quarter after quarter what they pay in taxes, you'd have to take many, 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 many quarters just to add 5.9 up to $5.9 So I have no idea if you're an accountant Please let me know down below what they could have been doing differently because it just it seems like either someone made a drastic mistake or I don't know. <laughs> oh, we forgot that you could write off business expenses. Wait, you can write off the factory? <laughs> I, I didn't know oh, that. Wait, all those robots? <laughs> I don't I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get it at all. That's the deferment. That's not even like I don't it's please somebody who knows what is going on, please tell me. So then we get to the say questions and Michael G says, given that you moved the start of the next generation compact vehicle production to Austin, has the timeline improved so that we might see the next generation platform vehicles in 2025? And the short answer is yes. Second half of 2025. Elon said, of course, he's always optimistic in regards to time. So don't <laughs> the hold him way to it. He said it was the current schedule yeah. is for the second half of 2025. It did sound like it's easy to push that off. I feel like there is like all the stuff that we have to do immediately followed by, you know, the Model 2. I want to be honest here. There's two big things in front of it. One is they've got to get Cybertruck ramped up. So a lot of their engineering right. is going to be focusing on that. And secondly, because this is such a manufacturing change, it's not like a new version of the Model Y. There is so much lead time that you have to do on the machines and stuff. I do not think that he'd sounded very secure in his second half of 2025. This is kind of like, oh, what do we need to do before next year like you probably like oh i can think of a couple things and if you were to like write them all down you'd be like oh well we'll be done in three weeks okay but during that three weeks of time you're going to come up with new things that we need to do oh we have to fix that we have to do like you're always going to be pushing this off so that's what i think is going to happen. i think it's going to look a lot like cybertruck where it's at the very <laughs> end of 2025 you see like five new cars come out I, that's what i think okay question here for michael g again uh what has been the barrier to ramping 4680 cells into the multi-million cells per week rate and when do you expect to get there 
And Drew answered this question. He wants to allay any fears about the 4680 cells. Um, he says that the 4680 production is ahead of the Cybertruck ramp. Right. So they're making more cells than they need to keep up with Cybertruck, which is good. Even though I just heard that they are going to stop putting 4680s in the Model Y. Yeah, it does appear that the Model Ys now have full floors in them and that they're getting 2170s. And I think that's because they have to shift them all over to Cybertruck. So... You know, taking taking that with a grain of salt. He said that in Q4, uh, Texas swapped line one to Cybertruck cell higher energy density and that they are currently running uh, one assembly line for 4680s and that there will be four more lines in Q3 of this year. Um, so it'll be a big year for the 4680, according to him. And he says that they're also ramping orders from suppliers. Yeah, Elon kind of plugged, made sure to plug Panasonic, Cattle, LG, and BYD as if he didn't want to like anger them. Um, it's like, hey, we still need their batteries too. It's weird to be a customer and a competitor to your battery suppliers. But keep in mind, Tesla wants to ramp up their production because those will get the tax credit. And if he gets ones from China, they won't, or they'll be at least be fighting him on getting the tax credit. Mm -hmm. So I think he's really pushing for either those Chinese manufacturers and South Korean ones to move to the US or for Tesla to take over. Mm -hmm. Say question from Adam says, should retail shareholders be concerned that Elon has stated he is uncomfortable expanding AI and robotics at Tesla if he doesn't have 25% voting? And Elon went into an elaboration of this. He didn't say no. He began his sentence with, yeah, uh, meaning that maybe we should be worried about it. Um, I don't think that we should necessarily because, well, all he basically said is he sees a path to an AI and robotics juggernaut capability and power, meaning that he thinks that, the, you know, Tesla as a company is going to be extraordinarily powerful since they're going to have autonomous robots that can walk around and do stuff. And he doesn't want to lose control over Tesla just because, and he called institutional shareholder services, um, he called them ISIS. And he's afraid of activists, uh, people who are going to basically come in and try and take over the company through shareholders. He, and he knows that at his current ownership, he doesn't have enough stock to stop a takeover. Mm -hmm. And so he wants to get to 25% because then it is pretty hard to take it over from him. He would have enough influence, but he wouldn't have full control. And what I would, you know, for people who are like, he wants control of the company. He said, like, look, if I went bonkers, um, you could still override. You can him. completely override me. So if everyone disagreed with me, then of course. But he doesn't and want basically the company to get taken over. You know, as if there was like some kind of company that he thought was going to like work really well. Like I don't know, some kind of an open AI company, right? Where it was like an open sourced AI company that he would have not control over. That it would just be open source right. and and not a nonprofit, and that he could do. And then somehow through bullshit. Um, it was st stolen from the right. open source world and was turned into a for-profit company. Right. That might make you a little bit worried about your other company where you're going to start building robots. Exactly. And you're going like, oh, weird sh can happen. I want to make sure that I have full control over this. Really good point. He said that he wanted to be uh, a an effective steward. Um, of a very powerful technology, which yeah. is an interesting thing. And keep in mind, you know, Elon's always traditionally had about 22% of Tesla. It's yes. just that he had to sell a lot of it to buy Twitter. And uh, I think the board, as soon as this Delaware lawsuit is over, I think the board is going to give him a new compensation package and he's going to be able to get back up to that percentage. Which, as a Tesla investor, I am glad to hear. I exactly. want Elon to I, be compensated. I wish there was a way to do a dual stock so that he didn't have to... He said it. He doesn't want the money. He just wants a, to make sure he doesn't lose control. Right. But again, 
as an investor, I'm super glad if we come up with a new compensation package because the last one speaks for itself. Exactly. You really want to incentivize Elon. Yeah. This question from an anonymous institutional investor. And why are institutional investors allowed to be anonymous? On say.com. That's when, so dumb. When on the call themselves, they have to say who they are. Yeah. Well, obviously, because Pierre Fergu, you know, we could have guessed who it was. Uh, what is your expectation for automotive gross margins, excluding regulatory credits for the full year? Uh, basically, they said we don't have a crystal ball. If the interest rates come down quickly, then good. If they don't come down, then not so good. Mm -hmm. And he, he pointed out, you know, buying the cars is a lot for a lot of people. It's about the monthly payment. If they can't afford that monthly payment, they can't afford the car. He says there's no tricks to get around this. Another anonymous institutional investor asked, does the company anticipate a 50% volume CAGR to be realized in either of 2024 or 2025? If not, why not? And the CFO, uh, you know, stressed that they're between two major growth waves um, and that the next uh, will start with the next gen platform uh, for Tesla, which was very interesting to hear about and that they're getting pretty focused on the next gen vehicle. I think if you read between the lines, he's basically saying no. You're not going to see this again until we get into the next gen car. Well, and again, it's all based on how you measure Kager. If if we take it from when Elon said there would be 50% growth Kager and you simply plotted a line and then started to see where the dots came in, it would be hitting 50%. Right. It's just that when you have a really good quarter and then you say, great, 50% more than that. That's where it's not fitting because it's not really fair if, you know, you're being penalized for going above. Exactly. I think that, again, a lot of people can just go like, yeah, but look at the last quarter. It didn't do 50%. It's like, right, but that's quarters are lumpy. And a lot of this data is going to be, I, I'll, I'll shut up about it. So this is an interesting one from Michael S. Has there been any progress made with an FSD licensing agreement with another company? And Elon said, lots of car companies should be asking about the licensing, but we've only had tentative conversations. And he said, I think this is because many of these car companies don't believe FSD is real. And he said, it will be evident this year that it is real. And he said that it would be a really smart move for companies to start making this. To me, though, if I'm another company and I go to Elon and I say, I want to license FSD, what are they going to do? They're going to say, great. Well, you start talking about it. You start figuring out how you're going to get it in your cars. You have to start talking about the hardware. There's a lot of things you have to work out. Okay. By so the time they do talk about it with them, it's going to be too late. You're right. The, Tesla will be selling them like hotcakes. They're all, all these... going to Mobileye right now. Yeah, that's, that's what true. they're doing. And uh, they're and making because, a huge mistake. And it's because all the analysts are like, well, Mobileye, you know, <laughs> they pass. So we think they're good. Uh, this question is, what is the timeline for Optimus's first production off of the volume production line? And what are the barriers to getting there? Elon said it's an extremely revolutionary product. It's going to far exceed the value of everything at Tesla combined. And then he said, what if there is no limit to per capita in terms of labor per capita? So what said, if there's no what if there's no limit to capita? Right. He's and, like, because, you know, what is GDP? It's, you know, production times capita. What if capita is infinite? Right. So he said, basically, there's no limit to the economy. And he said the economies extrapolate quite well to Optimus. And what he mean, means is if you can make a Model 3 cheaply, you can make an Optimus because they're very similar. Yes, one doesn't have tires and one does, but they're basically robots on wheels or robots on legs. And so he was like, so we're going to be able to make it. I think he's referring to it as being pretty cheap. He also said that Optimus is the most sophisticated robot being developed anywhere in the world. And he said there's a good chance of shipping some Optimi 
2025. But he's like, this is uncharted territory. It's hard to make a prediction. So, and he says that they'll have an update on Optimus every few months because it's advancing so quickly. Elon, you know, recounted how he was in the Optimus lab just last night till midnight and that the team is doing amazing work. He also said it has the potential to be the most valuable product of any kind ever by far. <laughs> um, and then Drew just went in and said, um, yeah, but it's got to do something useful. And I was like, they got to get the utility up, which is a weird thing to say. I'm like, it's folding shirts. That's uh, useful. <laughs> so this is this is kind of an interesting inside baseball take. So you have Drew Baglino, who's head of powertrain and energy going, yeah, it's cool and all, but it doesn't it's not useful. Yet. It's like he doesn't like it yet. And then there's some jokes about Westworld, uh, which don't bring up Westworld, Elon. Westworld, if you've watched it, is about robots going bad, right? right. Uh, so let, let's not. They, but the good news is Elon knows that it, that's a potential and he talks about it a lot. That it's very important that there's no malware and that we can shut these things off locally. Right. Which is an interesting thing to think about to design a robot basically like with a unplug it with a know? button somewhere on it yeah. that it can't reach or that like it can't stop you from right. pressing or something very it's very, very interesting it's it's nice that he's thinking about that as opposed to just being like robots would never hurt us he's very aware of you know and westworld is one of the most recent you know fictional examples this question about how many cybertruck orders are in the queue and when do you anticipate you will be able to fulfill all existing orders sounds like no time soon tom zhu uh, answered this one and said that basically they are sold out through 2024 it sounds like they're not having, you know, people I think pictured maybe that a lot of people were ju jumping off the list. It sounds to me like a, a lot of people might have, but a lot of people are jumping on the list. <laughs> Elon said we're production constrained for pretty much all the near future. He said that uh, raising the price doesn't feel right to us, um, but he said demand is off the hook. So the, he thinks they're going to be making about 250000 per year in North America, maybe more, he said. And uh, they kind of laughed about how much a head turner it really is well and i love how the cfo chimed in about that um obviously he drives it it gets me thinking because like listen i live in a highly populated area of indian americans and i see a lot of them driving teslas i don't see many of them driving pickup trucks mm. maybe it's a cultural thing and maybe the cyber truck could get and i know i'm just talking specifically indian americans but it could probably get lots of non-white Americans buying pickup trucks who right. normally think, I don't want to drive that because culturally, I'm not supposed to. That's a really to. good point because what's the number one selling vehicle in America? The pickup truck. The pickup truck. And if you can introduce that to new populations. And, it's, and, it's, and it is that way. And you know certain types of people who will not buy a pickup truck. Right. So that's just an interesting thing to me. The shifts in culture that could take place all because the Cybertruck looks different than a normal pickup truck is just very interesting to me. Yeah. We had a question about, can we get Tesla energy volumes reported in the P&D? And Drew said that we will actually strive to do that starting in Q1. And he pointed out that they are doubling the Megapack production at Lathrop, California from 20 gigawatt hours to 40 gigawatt hours by the end of this year, which is really exciting. Question here, I think a lot of people will be interested in about what are the preliminary results and returns on investment of your ads and education campaign. Given that many people still lack awareness that Tesla average price is less than the average non-luxury car price of $45,000, will you expand educational ads? And so uh, Tom Zhu 
chimed in first. He said that, you know, obviously affordability is the biggest thing that is slowing down uh, demand, not that they have a demand problem. Um, he said that they ran some educational campaigns uh, to see if there was a return on investment, you know, and they were focused on misconceptions about safety and affordability. One in particular campaign, they had uh, a 10 million person audience in Texas. Um, so basically through targeted ads, they were able to get in front of 10 million people and that they got half a million visits to the website um, and that the traffic behaved similar to organic traffic, which I think means that plenty of people bought the cars eventually and so bought the cars the cfo jumped in and says hey but you know what we don't want to overspend on this side and i think what he was saying is basically we don't need to because we're still production limited so it doesn't matter how well we advertise if we don't have the cars to send them then elon jumped in and he talked about how there are certain places in the world that seem to be underperforming for tesla for whatever reason and he pointed out japan oh, I know they why. have a they have a low market share why because it's Japan. They are very much into Japanese cars in Japan. <laughs> like you don't see a lot of other brands being able to make it in Japan. Right. Um, um, he said that the third largest auto market, I don't think his facts are right there. Um, I think that it's like the fifth, but still a big market. But he pointed out that he has a lot of friends there and they don't seem to see a lot of Teslas around. Hmm. Then we get into my favorite part of the earnings call. We get to hear from the from the from the big guys, from the analysts. I thought their very first question was going to be about the five point nine billion dollars because um, that's excuse me. Important. What the f um, but we didn't get that. No. Uh, so Pierre Farragou from New Street Research, he brought up this interesting point, which is that Tesla's been able to bring down the cost of their cars over 2% per quarter. So that's over 10% a year. Now for car companies, that's unheard of. That's not unheard of for things like if you're making computers, right? Okay. Because they have, they're able to just keep getting the cost down. You know, you've heard of Moore's law, right? You're able mm -hmm. to double the power of something over 18 months and have the price. But for cars, it's hard. But then he said, so are you like the electronics industry? Like, how are you able to do this? Mm -hmm. Well, duh, Pierre. It's a computer on wheels. Right. It's not an engine in there. It's electric powertrain. So, I mean, I think he should have known the answer. But anyway, a lot of talk about how they just try and it's a game of pennies again. Um, Elon kind of brought up the point that, like, if you can save one percent, that's a billion dollars because the company's so big now. And, you know, they talked about logistics. They've been able to get the cost of logistics down 22 percent. They're able to get all the costs of all their individual supplies down. And so th they just keep going after cutting supply costs. And what was really cool to me was that you have some people in the company who have been there for a very long time. So you have like Drew and Lars, and they're able to talk about um, the old days. Oh, yeah. Uh, like the, the, the Roadster. The they're like, if if we had to pay the same price for a motor controller when we were put you know building 2006 uh, Tesla Roadsters it, it's just astounding how right. good the cost has come down on components like this and it's again because you're building them at scale and again this is why their competition can't do it because they've been making electric cars since 2006 mm -hmm. whereas GM just hasn't even started yet right um, and you know they talk all about suppliers and how they're getting down to tier 4 suppliers which means you're basically getting down to like raw bits of right. metal you know and so they're able to even get the price down on that. Um, and so they're able to just throttle down and be like, God, let us pay you less money. And that's how they're able to get some of the costs down. Yeah, I mean, in, in past uh, earnings calls, we heard about the fact that they've gone from taking stickers off of things because it, that costs an extra penny. Right. 
A question from Adam Jonas or Morgan Stanley was about, if, are we going to have another like AI or battery day? And Elon said, well, the problem was when we did those, our competitors kind of looked at those frame by frame. And then days later, we saw them doing exactly what we're doing. So we're going to be careful when we do future days like that. And he pointed out the reason we did those days primarily was recruiting. recruiting. And then the second question from Adam was, okay, so Chinese OEMs, will they be going into Western markets and would you partner with them? And Elon gave a lot of respect to Chinese companies. He said that they are the most competitive companies in the world. And he said that without trade barriers, they would demolish other auto companies, which is very interesting. Then he also says that he would be happy to give any EV company access to the supercharger network. And he's also happy to license full self-driving and other technologies to whoever. He's so smart when he talks about China. He knows that he has to be very respectful. It's not like Europe or some other market. We can just say whatever the hell you want. China's not the same. You have to be respectful. And he is. Yeah. Because he's the only guy who owns a car manufacturing <laughs> facility in the country that he didn't have to partner with China for. So Dan Levy from Barclays asked about Dojo. He said, do you have enough GPUs? And Elon went into this, and I think it was a really interesting point, because if you don't know, basically, uh, Tesla's been working on Dojo, which is a basically a supercomputer, to, to do the training for full self-driving. But they also are buying a hell of a lot of NVIDIA cards to do this work as well. Right. Um, and that basically, if you've been paying attention, NVIDIA seems to be the main thing of how they're doing training. And so Elon talked a lot about how it makes sense to be working on Dojo. It's it's basically, it's a high risk, um, but huge payoff if, if it works. And he says basically that it's worth doing. I think that it's hard for a lot of people to you know, when we make decisions, we're pretty arbitrary and you are lucky enough to live in a world where you get to just be pretty arbitrary as, as a normal consumer, where it's like, do I buy these shoes or these shoes? Well, neither shoes are going to like disintegrate. So you're probably going to be okay. Elon is in this position where if he were to rely completely on NVIDIA and another like COVID thing happened, they would be up creek without a paddle because there would be no more chips or if you know god forbid anything happened with taiwan he's thinking of dojo as a huge backup strategy and if they can actually get it working the way that he wants to um it could be extraordinarily powerful i really liked how he pointed out um about the fact that when you're learning to drive it takes so much of your brain power to just focus on the road right you can't even talk to someone when right. they're just he's learning. like remember when you first learned how to drive how much effort it took to drive and then think about now when right. you're when you're good at driving you can be thinking about other things so he's like if you put more into the training you need less later for inference and i think most of us are like what are you talking What's about inference but if you train really well then later you can just kind of relax while you're driving because it all comes you know it's like if you've been driving for 30 years you don't even think about it when you hop in the car which is nice that we can have like a direct analogy um, as opposed to having to be like, do you know how like when you learn how to pole vault, it's really hard at the beginning, but once you train, you get better. It's like we don't even have to do stupid analogies like that. It's literally just about driving. And then he pointed out that their hardware one was basically mobile eye. Hardware right. two was NVIDIA chips and hardware three was Tesla chips. But that's confusing to us Tesla people because we're thinking of it in terms of hardware, hardware. four, which was version two, hardware five, 
is version three of Tesla. It's very confusing. So they're working on hardware five now, which would be the third version of Tesla design chips. Mm. The other thing I thought was really interesting was Elon let this little thing slip. Talk about how Tesla is going to be super valuable. When the cars aren't in use, right? Your car's just sitting there. Well, that's about 100 hours per week. The computer can be used for AI tasks. So Elon said Tesla may have more compute than everyone else combined at some point. And that's just astounding to think about when because we, AI computes going to become very valuable. When we when you think of a, a computer on wheels, you might be thinking that when the car is driving, the computer is able to do things. And you're right. But when the car is parked, the computer is still able to do things. And that is a very, very interesting thing because it could be that Tesla could just say, hey, computer, wake up, think about this and then tell me what you thought about, right? It would take some energy, and so Tesla might reimburse you for the energy that it uses while it's plugged in. I mean, you know how in your car at night, you plug it in, it charges up, and then it's done charging, and it sits there for six hours. What if during that time, it was taking all that energy out of your wall, and it was thinking about stuff, and Tesla paid you back for the energy? Maybe at a, at a little bonus. Wouldn't you be happy to do that? So powerful. This is where I have to say a disclaimer. We're not financial advisors. Don't take our <laughs> advice. But I got to say, I say this, I think, every quarter, and I mean it. Mm -hmm. I'm more bullish now on Tesla than I've ever been before. Mm -hmm. Everything is going awesome. I just want to say for all of those of you watching the stock chart and kind of being bummed, it's like, I'm not making any money. Um, that's great because that means there's still time for people to get in on Tesla shares, which I think are way undervalued right now. They should not be approaching $200 a share, in my opinion. We just heard so many amazing things in just this one earnings call. What, the Tesla could have more AI compute than any company on earth? Yeah. Uh, and again, what other company on earth is making an autonomous bipedal robot? What other company on earth, I'm sorry, is making robots in general? And then what are those robots? Oh, they're for warehouses. What other company is making Cybertrucks? I know. The most exciting product right now. And, and that to me, again, once you, and you're like, oh, it's a robot. It can dance because that's what I saw um, that other company do. No, 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 no. I mean a robot that could do anything that you could do. Yeah. Again, and then he we said, just saw it folding and, and laundry. He say, and he didn't say it's coming out in 2045. He said it's coming out maybe next year. Right. We just saw a robot folding laundry. If, let, just think about that for a second. How many people fold clothes as a job? And you might be like, whoa, there's not that many. Think about the stores that you go to. When you walk into them and there's people folding clothes and you walk up to them and you say, hey, I have a question, blah, 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 blah. And they go, oh, oh, hey, Nancy. Oh, can you, what, I don't. What were they doing before you asked them the question? They were folding clothes, weren't they? Don't try to fold it back, I'll do it, thank you. <laughs> I just wanna, like, that's just one little thing. Just the littlest thing. So I just, that's what, that's the way that I feel about it. Um, and everyone wants to just be like, well, how many cars do they sell? How are you going to bring down the cost of your cars? What's the growth of your car business? Even that, I mean, if that's all we were talking about, it's I'd still, still good. Still amazing. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're like, oh, AI computers and and autonomous driving cars and and robots. Also, just I wanted to take the tone of the meeting. Uh, the team was all there. The team was all pumped. You they could were tell they're all talking. 
Mm-hmm. And Elon started the meeting by laughing at a bunch of questions. Yeah, they're and, all in a good mood. They were all in a very good mood. They were all in a good place. Yep. Everyone wanted to chime in. Yep. That means that everything's going pretty well. We've heard a lot of, of calls where Elon's the only guy talking and he's going, we'll get through this. Oh, yeah. I mean, when when they were trying to get through the Model 3 ramp, remember, it was like Elon was in pain. And, but now Elon's happy. And Again, this is where it's so nice to have people who have continuity at the company. They're like, things are pretty good. Um, Things could always be worse. And I know I've learned all of the lessons from that. Um, And that's the exciting thing for me. And again, Zach and I were there through that as well. We saw how scary it was. I mean, I want to I want to just do another little plug for uh, MainStreetData.com. Definitely. And you can use our code uh, Zach when you sign up and you can get uh, I think it's like 10 percent off. Take a look. Just zoom out. It's really nice. You can look at pretty much any of the charts on Tesla. Zoom way the fuck out, and you are going to be blown away by the amount of growth that this company has had. And as Elon said, we're in the middle of two growth waves. So think about that. Thank you so much, everybody. If you want to support the work that we do every week, we have Tesla Time News that comes out every Tuesday. Head on over to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash now you know. There you can support us for as little as a buck a month. But if you want to, you can join our investor club where we talk about all this kind of fun stuff all the time. You get our bonus stories every week for investor club, which is great. And we get to talk to CEOs and founders of companies with just you guys. So thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Now Now you know. know.